Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Issa, Rob, Beckett... Lovely stuff. I like that one, Josh. Yes. Hi, Robin Josh. My name is Laura. This is my son, Teddy, who will be four in April, possibly spending another birthday in lockdown. Teddy was diagnosed with autism on his third birthday last year and was completely non-verbal. He then started... Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that's mad, isn't it? That, what a progress. He started at his specialist nursery place in September. He's come on so much, loves anything to do with numbers and knows if he presses 608 on the Sky remote, CBBS will appear. Ah, oh, I saw your wow. name. Wow. That's all you need. Yeah. The podcast kept me sane throughout, looking after Teddy, homeschooling my 13-year-old, working from home as a travel agent through this shit show. Thank you both. Laura. Oh, travel agent must be hard work. The rebooking for a travel oh, agent mate. in COVID. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I mean, you're more than welcome to rebook that, mate, but you're going to end up in prison for 10 years. <laughs> so good luck with it. And um, that's amazing, though, that Teddy. Uh, that's very impressive um, to go from non-verbal in a year to uh, featuring now broadcasted. So he's a broadcaster. The nation. To the nation. On, uh, we should say, Josh, because um, yes. I know you don't like to brag, but I do. The number one <laughs> the number one podcast in the country this week, because Louis Theroux didn't yes. have an episode. But forget that. Because Louis Theroux didn't have an episode. Forget that he didn't put an episode out. But of all the episodes that are out, we were number one. So well done, Teddy. Within a year, you have been on the number one podcast. Love it. I had to have there speech therapy as a kid, so it's good to um, show that even if you can't speak at one point, there is always progress to be made. So well done, yeah. Teddy. There's such a thing as too much progress, Rob. <laughs> Some would argue I had too much therapy. If anything, <laughs> I need to regress. Um, thank you very much, yeah, for everyone who's listened. That's amazing. Genuinely uh, delighted with that. Rob, yes. away from uh, number crunching on the charts, yeah. how have you been? Do you know what? I feel like I'm in the prime of my life. Do you? I feel great. I've, had, I've got some bad news. Oh, what? I'm not? I'm not, not. I'm not. Nah. <laughs> I must be. When, when, when Have I had it? Yeah, I think you have had the prime of your life. Nah, I, I've always said it. I'm going to peak at 40 like Barlow and I'm going to be ripped. I'm going to have a six pack at 40. I've got five years. It's going to happen. I'm making progress. And the snow has helped this oh, week. Ma- imagine, imagine your physical dream being to look like Gary Barlow. <laughs> You have a picture of a topless Gary Barlow pinned up above your exercise bike. Don't get it twisted, Josh. Barlow, when he burst back on the scene on X Factor, got everyone going, ooh, hello. Don't tell me Barlow's not a sex symbol. I'd say Barlow is the sexiest member of Take That. Now, not back in the day, I reckon Robbie. I think Barlow's beat Robbie to the the punch at the moment. I don't know, Rob. Well, all I'm saying is I'm getting ripped, all right? I'm going to be ripped at 40. That'll be my prime of my life. I just feel good. The snow has brought something different to look at this week. I've enjoyed that. How was the snow for your family? A lot of snow. A lot of snow down in South East London, mate. I'm talking like three inches of snow. 
It was yeah. madness. And I drove, I had to drive into London to do Slebs Go Dating voiceover, and it was icy. And do you know what? I enjoyed the danger. Why? Oh, well, you drove yourself. Well, yeah, because I'm shielding. I have to drive oh, myself yeah, to course. a car park, and then I scurry into the VO booth like Howard Hughes, like I'm a germ freak. <laughs> Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I was more expecting the X Factor reference than the Howard Hughes one from you today. So that's. <laughs> do you know what, though? Because what they do is they, they get they properly disinfect the entire booth so it's safe. Yeah. But I go in there and it's so small and it stinks so much of anti-back. And then I do voiceover of Joey Essex and Wayne Lineker. And when I come out, I feel like I've been on drugs. <laughs> it's a real experience, that. Yeah, I don't know if that's the anti-back. I think that's just pure uncut Lineker. <laughs> uncut Lineker. Um, but yeah, no, I'm feeling good. It's, it's been a decent week, to be fair, after a couple of difficult ones. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, Josh. I've got, got a few funny bits that have sent the house into turmoil. But morale-wise overall, it, we're good. How about you? Good. Yeah, good. We built a snowman, which was much more stressful than... Because she's at that age where... You know, they picture something and then they want it to happen and then it kind of doesn't happen exactly as they want, so it stresses them out. Yeah. I'd say it became, making the snowman became an exercise in getting a photo that in years will make us think we had a better time than we did. Yeah, so what was your issues with the snowman build? Because I find with any snowman, it's only me on my own in the cold finishing off the snowman, which sounds much more sexual than I needed. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's a very different cartoon for Christmas Eve. What's that doing out there? I was just wanking off Olaf. He always does it. <laughs> Let him get on with it. No, but they never, they never really contribute. They just want the snowman there. They don't really properly... Yeah, and I just think she's got very specific design specifications, you know. Okay, what's she after? Well, you know, the eye fell out and that annoyed her rather than making her think, well, just put it back in the hole for God's sake. You know, yeah. it's not that big a deal. Come <laughs> yeah, on, mate. But... Let's move on from this. That stuff like that, you know, oh, the head's too big. Oh, the body's not round enough. That kind of stuff. Oh, my God. That, 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 I mean, mine is basically just a little hill with sticks in it and, and some face, but seems like you've got a bit of a hard task. Yeah, there, yeah. It was like doing a... It's like how I imagine being on location when they were directing one of Neil Buchanan's art attacks. Do you know what I mean? So, right. So, because I think we have a different approach to this. So, how, it, if, if you're doing it and then your dog keeps going, no, but I don't want it like that. I want it like this. How are you approaching that conversation? Do you try and like negotiate or do you redo it or do you just go, no, this is the best I can do? Well, often the problem is I wouldn't go, oh, okay, I'll try and, I'll try and make the head bigger or whatever because you just can't. Because often the yeah. things are so unrealistically uh, <laughs> ambitious that you, you can't do much about it, really. I, well, I just go, you do it then. Do you? <laughs> yeah, well, you do it then. All right, then you do it. And do they? And then they realise, no, because they can't either. And then it, it sort of <laughs> comes to a mutual understanding that that is not possible. <laughs> all right, then go and then. Go and you do that then. I want that stick going in there. It won't, it'll fall out. Yes, it will. All right, then you do it. That's a good way of doing it, Rob. Yeah, but I suppose that was with the five-year-old. And then what happens? So then you both and then don't go, do it. I'll go, I was right, wasn't I? And I go, yeah, you were, weren't you? I mean, it sounds a bit like two builders pricing up a job, which <laughs> is not, it's not far off it. I do, I sometimes do talk to them like they are my grown-up mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Lou says sometimes, because there's a bad, I didn't want to be that parent that's like, oh, we're going to do a little snowman and all that could you could you voice. But there's, a, there's an area between that than, right, should we do a snowman in or what? Do you know what I mean? There's an area between the two. Yes, but. I understand. Yeah. No, I, I'll be honest with you. I was just imagining you uh, you and your daughter starting a, a building firm and it was really, I was really enjoying the image. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I did do something wrong, really. This is a bad bit of parenting that yeah. I did. Um, so the eldest went behind the youngest and started just throwing snow on her head, but the youngest didn't realise. A bit like the pencil yeah, shark. Yeah, she loves throwing stuff on the youngest head, don't you? Love she? that. But I could see the little glint in her eye that she knew this was a bit naughty and it was going to get wet. And then obviously, loads of snow went down the youngest's neck and she was really cold and started crying. So I went out and went, no, you mustn't do that. And then I took the youngest in and I said, you mustn't do that. You wouldn't like if I did that to you, would you? And then I did it to her. You did it to her? Yeah, that's not allowed, is it? Whoa, not, not like... you did an eye for an eye. You did a kind of... I did an eye for an eye and I immediately regretted it. But I didn't like smash a snowball in her face. Yeah. I just got a little bit and sprinkled it on it. Very, it was, you know, it was very like, it wasn't aggressive yeah. or like, it was just a little bit on her neck to, so you could feel the cold there on her neck. And then, and then I knew immediately I did that wrong. So then I get to a situation where she's really crying, and now I've got to apologise when yeah. I didn't even need to apologise in the beginning. So then I had to apologise, and she apologised to oh, the youngest. Man. But then I just walked in, and Lou just went, "What was that?" Like Russian dolls of apologising, really, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Bad. That was bad. Did Lou then do it down your back to kind of? <laughs> Yeah, and it just went on forever. And then Lou knocked next door and said, look, I've done that to Rob to show him you shouldn't do it. You do me. And then eventually it sort of spreads like COVID. I think that's yeah. how it happened. What a terrible way for, to stop shielding as well. I have to explain that. I was tired, though. And you know when you're tired and you're just like, and I did something wrong. And as soon as I did it, I was like, no, that is not how yeah. you deal with this. And it was like, no, that's not bad. textbook. That was terrible. It wasn't. It was awful. That was back of a leaflet. Bad. But do you know what? The good thing about stuff like that, Rob, is that how swiftly you probably think, well, that's content for the podcast. <laughs> no, no, I felt bad actually at the beginning because I thought that is not how you do it. But I just got really, she was, she had a little, little, little naughty look in her eye when she was doing it. And I was like, I'm not having that. But I, I sort of went, I needed to go more Philippa Perry. I went a yeah. bit more Russian soldier. I was trying to think of a, a person with a surname Perry that's like a thug, but I couldn't. Uh, Perry Groves. Perry Groves. Bit more Philippa Perry, bit less Perry Groves. <laughs> We should we should have all of our parenting on a scale from Philippa Perry to Perry Groves. The loose and stiff neck scale, Groves to Philippa. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know what Perry Groves is like at a dad. I don't want to, you know, throw Perry Groves. He's a nice guy. No, no, no. But I'm I'm saying they're both great parents, but in different ways. Oh, let, let's have it said. Perry Groves and Philippa Perry are great parents. Just for anyone that's not aware of Perry Groves, he is. Uh, he played on the wing for Arsenal and Southampton. Yes, I know. No, I've met him a few times. Lovely fella. Lovely yeah. fella. Um, I went on that hitting with the putting the snow down the neck of uh, your daughter. Yeah. I was uh, at secondary school and there was snow. So we were in like one of those porter cabins or whatever that they teach you in when they don't have enough rooms. And outside there was some kids and there was a teacher. And obviously the teacher didn't realise anyone could see him. And I saw him pick up a snowball and absolutely plant it on the back of a head of a kid who he didn't like and then just carry on as normal. No and the whole way. thing was unbelievable to watch. He was a PE teacher as well, so it was hit with accuracy and taste. Oh, they're always a bit naughty. And you just saw him go, this is my fucking chance to get revenge on this absolute little bastard. Well, I can't think of anything worse than trying to make 40 kids play rugby. Oh, mate. Can you imagine it? Even I love sport, but the thought of... Yeah, anyway. I like watching sport, but I hated PE. I hated rugby. Rugby was just... I used to run ahead of the ball so they couldn't pass to me. (laughs) Um, do you know what my daughter's got into? Oh, yeah, go on. A video you put on Instagram of Tom Allen trying to get over a puddle. Right, so I don't get the, the puddle videos that me and Tom Allen are doing. are getting so many views, but I don't even think they're that interested. No, well, I think it's purely my daughter. I reckon she's watched that first one 30 times. It's, why, why, why does she love it? Did she laugh? She just watched she... it once, loved it, 
And then she just keeps requesting it. And you're like, well, you know, it's pretty harmless fun. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just jumping in a puddle, isn't it? Just, it's just seems, jumping in a puddle. It's just a couple of young guys in the woods jumping puddles. Exactly. But she absolutely loves it. She can't get enough of it. You're, you're, I mean, you're producing content, Rob, for the three-year-old generation that is uh, unsurpassed. I'm a multi-channel, multi-generation content producer. What can I say? You've always said that. I've always said it. Do you want to know about parenting? Come here. Do you want to see a puddle for a three-year-old? Go on my Instagram. You want to talk? You want to hear me talk about Wayne Lineker? Go on E4, exactly. mate. You're basically Jason Manford meets Mr. Tumble. That's who you are. <laughs> That's who I am. And that is the area I want to dominate. <laughs> That's my heat map. That's your heat map. Right. Um, that's probably enough, isn't it, Michael? Please keep that in. <laughs> like, literally not a second more or a second less. What? That's enough, isn't it, Michael? That, no, it's just quite, no, the way you didn't even... It was just so quick. It just made me laugh. I think we should keep that in. Right, we've got Paloma Faith this week, Josh, correct? Plus plus 18 minutes of loveless uh, banter beforehand. Um, I know, I'm I love our little chats, oh, Josh. So do I. I can't believe how swiftly I moved into That's Enough, isn't it? I clicked on my screen, saw 18 minutes and was like, I'm out of here. It feels like, you know, like they do them behind the scenes documentaries of like megastar rappers or singers or divas. And they're like, whoa, come, hello, Mexico. And they're out on stage giving it and they walk off stage and immediately burst into tears. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough, isn't it? I don't need an encore, do I? Let's get back to LA. Um, Oh, brilliant. Oh, do you know what, Rob? We've got another minute out of it. Oh, Um, look at us. Content everywhere, mate. Even on slip-ups. Even on Um, slip-ups. Right. Who have we got? Paloma Faith, great interview. She's, I think she's, I don't know if she's had her baby yet or she was, you know, really near to uh, giving birth when we did the interview. Heavily pregnant um, in her studio at the basement of her house. But um, she's an incredible woman. She's got a documentary out on the 27th of March um, on BBC One or BBC Two, I'm not too sure, about I her return to music. 2021, Rob. Hey, so get watch. it on the iPlayer, Get mate. it on Catch the up. bloody iPlayer. Catch up, download, re-engage. Watch <laughs> it on the iPlayer, mate. Make sure, make sure you've paid your licence. And it's about her return to uh, touring and music after having a child, but she's expecting child number two. And it's a very good interview, Josh. Do you enjoy it? Loved it. One of my favourites. Really brilliant. Um, enjoy Hello, Paloma Faith. Thank you for coming on the show. Hello. That sounded like a proper old school radio presenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello. Welcome to the show. It's almost daytime. That's what I'm going for. Hello. Yeah, I'm the upbeat one. That's the thing. Josh does it a bit more cash, don't you, Josh? How would you have done it? I just said, um, hello, welcome to the podcast. How many fucking kids you got? It's quite... <laughs> Josh's general sort of state of being is underwhelmed. (laughs) So I work with Rob. I think Rob could be one of our great Radio 1 Breakfast DJs. One of the greatest Radio 1 Breakfast DJs. Do you know what? I think I've still got time. I'm 35. Do you reckon I can pretend? No, it's too late. Greg James is having a go. He's my age. That's the problem with being a Radio 1 DJ is it's a ticking time bomb, isn't it? You just you've got you know you're getting moved on. It's just when is it when you wear a boot cut jean? What what is it that happens? You walk in one day and they go, no, he's lost it or she's lost it. Wearing a mobile phone holster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is that is when you you walk in with your kids and like, no, no kids here. 
Um, so Paloma, what's your setup with children? What's what's going on in the world of Paloma Faith? I've got one four-year-old and one that's very soon to come in my in utero. <laughs> yeah. So oh, oh wow. wow, wow. That is that is as pregnant as you get before you have a baby, isn't it? Really. That, <laughs> that was a visual, by the way. That wasn't. That wasn't just us impressed with the um, with the terminology. So how far off are you, Paloma? Um, well, I, I sort of I try not to say because my last birth was so wrong. It's a bit like when you go for your driving test and you don't want to tell anyone you've gone. So I sort of just because everything went wrong. She was early. It was a big bloody mess. Oh dear! It was just on many levels. So I try not to focus too much on the date. Fair yeah. enough. And you know it's going to happen, but just not. Foolish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I we like Lou. I say we, but Lou had you know it was quite a traumatic birth for Lou and with our firstborn. And the amount of people when they go, oh, yeah, it was so magical. We had a home water birth. I'm like. For us, it was like, you know, being in the trenches. It was, it was something like, it wasn't a magical day. We were just happy that it happened and everything was okay in the end. But I found it a quite a quite a stressful experience. But, um, you know, hopefully this time around will be much smoother sailing. So how old's your first child, Paloma? Four. And how are they feeling about the incoming sibling? They say they're excited, but I'm sort of sniggering because I'm like, you don't know what's coming. <laughs> I keep saying to her, like, I'm trying to sort of manage her expectations. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, like, this baby's going to cry a lot and sh- and it will probably get on your nerves. But I said, but then we could just leave it with daddy and run away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she's, she's like in on it. She's totally like whispers it in my ear like, if, if we don't like it, can we run away and leave it with Daddy? <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, you and me, Thelma and Louise. Yeah. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> have, you got, have you got a plan for, like, bringing the, the baby back then? Like, a, a, some people get present for the, the older kid or anything like that? Or you just, you know, it's just the escape plan you've got? I bought the present. I thought it was a nice idea. But... Now that I've received the boxes, I'm not sure how that baby's going to have like held those boxes inside <laughs> my stomach for the full term. Yeah. <laughs> you could say she picked it up on the way back to the house. That's a good point. All the shops are shut, Josh. All the shops are shut. This kid's not silly. All the shops, yeah, All the the shops are shut. Unless you get them something from like Sainsbury's. I'll say she only had her credit card in there and she just did it online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, um, is your, is your a four-year-old in school or nursery? She isn't. She's been in nursery since she was 11 months old, but she's not at the moment because I'm shielding. And I'm, I'd am i say I'm on the spectrum of, like, quite anxious about getting COVID. Yeah, especially when you're pregnant. Yeah. I saw on your Instagram as well, you said that you felt you went to the part with your four-year-old and you found it quite, it was quite stressful and people coming up to you and stuff. Because when you are in the public eye and you go outside, people will be excited to see you and go, oh, hey, Paloma. But in a pandemic, it's not, it's not ideal, really, when you're expecting. Yeah, no, I was really stressed. Also, obviously, I'm emotional, like, because I'm full of hormones. So everything makes me cry. So I was like a bit tearful. I was like, uh, uh. I'm not a pregnant hormonal woman, um, as as you may have noticed. But I've, I'm finding this whole thing exhausting. Like it's so stressful. We've got you've got your kids. You don't know if you're doing the right thing. They say nurseries are open, but you don't feel like you should send them. Or if that's the and then you're worried that it's going to stop the development, but then you worry about getting COVID. I, I feel everyone 
it probably feels the same as you, Paloma, but what, what people love about you is that you will say it. You know, I think a lot of people are feeling that way. We've spoken about it privately, yeah. Josh, to each other about like days where you just can't cope and it's all too much and it's difficult. But I think that by saying it, people really respond well to that because it shows, you know, everyone is feeling the same thing. Okay. And you do have you do have those everyone has those days. It's it's so hard just to get through one day, isn't it? The news is horrific. Yeah, and I, you just touched on something there that I think is interesting about how you're always, as a parent, I think it goes beyond like the COVID thing. You're always trying to sort of think, oh, what's the best thing for my child? And quite often there's no kind of clear-cut, obvious mm. decision. Mm. So you're like thinking, oh, well, on one hand, I don't want to, you know, I want to be socially responsible. When th- When she asked me, like, why we're staying home, I sort of say... Um, partly to protect the new baby and partly because we don't want to give it to like old people that might be really sick from it and stuff and that we have to like not just think of ourselves in life and I'm trying to turn it into a life lesson and then she's sort of like sucking it all in and then then like you see another kid and they don't know what to say to each other yeah yeah or they like run away because they're not sure. And she looks at me like, am I allowed to go near them? Yeah, it's and so then I say, oh, And I put a little mask on her and I say, put your mask on, then you can go over. And then she sort of plays a bit and then she'll come back to me and then she goes, I need to do my hands now. Yeah, so it's horrible. It's heartbreaking. I also think it's like a little bit heartbreaking, but also it's kind of good that she's just like adapted and she's like, this yeah. is what we're doing yeah. at the moment. And she'll... Probably that I like somebody said to me the other day, Oh, it's so hard on the kids. And I just think, do you know what? Actually, I think it's harder on the adults. Yeah. Well, the kids don't realize in a weird way what they're missing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, if, if you've only lived like three to five years or whatever, yeah. It's a lot, a lot of it. It's not making a massive impact on your life. <laughs> like, we're all in our 30s, I hope, are we? Yeah. 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 Rob's uh, Rob's uh, DJ age is twenty one though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not let's not talk about you know exact details. We're mourning like something you know we don't know anything else. We're the yeah. ones we feel sorry for, and we've got to teach them. Yeah. You know all, all the guilt about the fact. I mean, I don't know what age they're meant to learn to read. <laughs> I know. I don't think I read until I was five. I don't. I really don't. That's early. I was about seven or eight. Yeah, I I think I was I was I struggled with reading. I had to go to special reading classes where they just brought out a bigger book. Is that why you're so loud, Rob? Because yeah. it's like everything you've read is It's all in caps. <laughs> I just think, well, in when you look at Scandinavian countries, they don't actually start school until they're about six or seven. Yeah. So mm. we're already, you know, it's a bit much, and then. Um, my mum was a teacher and she's just like, I never worried. I just knew you'd do it in your own time. And then I did and I left school with all A stars. That's where the similarities with Rob and Paloma. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> but I do think, though, there's definitely a weird sort of competitive thing with kids when they're about four or five yeah. and they're just starting to learn to read and write. It's a weird, like, 
how well my other kid writes kind of energy. But like you say, the kids aren't aware of it. Like my eldest has started school this year. She, she, as far as she's concerned, in January, everyone just does homeschooling for three months. She doesn't, <laughs> she's never experienced school before. So yeah. she doesn't know. So I definitely think they, they're much hardier than we realise. It's all like the, the, the mid-30-year-olds that are trying to bring up kids and go to work that are, that are falling apart. They're all projecting their own sadness. Like, oh, it breaks your heart for them, doesn't yeah. it? It's like, actually, it breaks my heart for me. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you literally just described me, that's fine. I still, it was... It's like it's like when someone comes up to you with a newborn, or they do me and go, "Can can I you do a picture of the baby?" And they're like, oh. "What? Is the baby a fan?" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, she'll love it when she's a bit bigger." And I'm like, "Oh, don't really know how my career's gonna go, so maybe she'll be pissed off." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Also, that's a good thing. If you ever, if either of us, any of us, ever get cancelled for something horrific, at least we'll know there'll be a baby of a photo going. You know that, that, that racist guy. Why did he let her hold me? <laughs> the things she's done. Irresponsible parenting. <laughs> so, is, is your youngest you to go to school then next uh, next September? September, yeah. If it happens, if let's face it, I'll. T Boz is really Tory Boris, that's what I call him. T Boz. He's really dragging it out, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> he really is. He's loving it. He's loving oh. it. He's really enjoying it, relaxing like, into it. My moment, people watching me on the telly every evening. <laughs> How can we long all this out a bit more? Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, have you been working? You have been working. You've recorded an album in lockdown, haven't you? The first lockdown, yeah. The first lockdown. Like, what was that like with a four-year-old in the house? Um, the first lockdown, we do sort of, I'm quite lucky because I still live in East London and my mum lives here, so I can drop her off at hers. Mm. Ah, good, yeah. But I did quite a lot of it after she'd gone to bed. So I wasn't pregnant then, so I wasn't tired. Yeah, so oh, I'd, right. I'd do like day mum and then put her to sleep and then record my album into the night. Oh, wow. Oh, that sounds very sort of romanticised, isn't cool, it? That's sort of it? A, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. I'm not really that cool anymore. Now I put her to bed <laughs> and I go, oh, and then I sort of waddle to the bed myself <laughs> and then I just go to sleep for about two hours and then I wee and then I go for another two and then I wee and then I go for... That's my life at the moment. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, when you when the baby's due to come and they're so tiring having a newborn, but it's not as if, like, you've had nine months of chilled sleep leading up to it, is it? You slowly get less and then it just drops off a cliff when they arrive. Was your, was your first one a good sleeper? No, terrible. Absolutely oh, okay. I've just sleep trained her for the 174th time. <laughs> Age four. Oh. So what's the four-year-old sleeping like now? What kind of, what kind of shift she on? It's really good. We've done this brilliant thing that um, I actually was at my wit's end because I was a bit like, how the hell am I going to handle this? The fact that my four-year-old gets in my bed in the middle of the night and starfishes with a newborn as well. It's not going to work. So I thought, I've got to nip it in the bud soon and i do this thing now this is a bit of proper parenting advice oh yes, oh, yes please. please so it works on a four-year-old because obviously when you sleep train a baby they can't talk but a four-year-old can just get out of bed and walk in and go mum can i have a biscuit <laughs> and you're like 
What? <laughs> As if you're not asleep. They talk to you <laughs> like you're not asleep. What's yeah, that so about? True. <laughs> uh, it's just like no empathy at all. What am I talking? <laughs> anyway, so what we do now is we go into the bedroom, do like two stories, say goodnight, and then everything they ask for is like you've got to divert to the morning. So you have to say, yeah, in the morning we'll do that or whatever. So you do all that, you say goodnight, and then they say, then the first night she was like, Mom, I don't want to go. Because the thing was, was we were sitting in her room to help her go to sleep, which is why she was coming to find us in the middle of the night because she thought she couldn't do it on her own. So you have to teach them to go to sleep by themselves at the beginning. Yeah. So... So to do that, she's like, Mom, I'm hungry. And it's like, in the morning, we're going to have the best, biggest breakfast. Mom, can we have one more cuddle? In the morning, I'm going to cuddle you so much. <laughs> All like that. <laughs> yeah. And then you say, um, I'm going to go out of my room and all you've got to do is stay in bed. And if when I check on you, you've stayed in bed, you get like a bead in the jar. There's a little empty jar on her counter. And then I go, the first night I did like two minutes and then I went in and I was like, well done, put a bead in. I said, I'm going to come and check on you again. And then you keep doing it and you extend the amount of time that it takes, by which time the third, fourth time they're asleep anyway. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's a great amazing. technique. Yeah. And then you fit when the jar's full after like three, four days, then you, they get a prize from the prize box, which uh, at yeah. age three or four is like a bit of old sweet wrapper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> rolled, rolled up tin foil into yeah, a ball. Yeah. There you go. Like a cat. Have that. Yeah. It's a feather on a string. <laughs> you have like some little bubbles or like a little notebook or, you know, something or a toy that they don't play with very much anymore. It's <laughs> 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 already theirs. <laughs> and then eventually it took three days because I said to her, like, all you have to do is stay in your bed. So if you wake up, you call me. So... It's a bit annoying because they do wake up still, but you just got to keep them in their bed. And then after three days, she just didn't wake up anymore. Wow. Oh, brilliant. Are you still doing the beads in the jar? I only do it one a night, whereas before I was doing like five chet. Yeah, yeah. It takes like three weeks or something to fill it up. <laughs> so she sort of gets a prize, but it takes longer. Yeah. That's it's good. insane what humans have to do with their like, offspring. I mean, you can see, you see like a giraffe bangs out a little baby giraffe and it just walks off. It's walking and eating leaves already. Yeah, and, and no, I doubt a giraffe's ever thought, oh, I wonder if my giraffe's going to go to sleep tonight. I really, you know I mean? I really <laughs> need to work on my giraffe prize box because uh, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. some really disappointing leaves in there. It's not, it's not enticing. I would say that the giraffe mum's like, we can just play this by ear. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I'm gonna, I reckon we'll be all right. Um, Paloma, you, you've been quite open as well about your problems with conceiving the second child. Yeah. And so um, you've had quite a lot of rounds of IVF, is that right? Which was great because I didn't really want to have sex with my partner anymore. <laughs> Having children with someone's quite a turn-off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only joking. He's very hot. I, I can't wait to Google image search him as soon as this interview oh, ends. And I'll, uh... Very, very attractive. Yeah, but it, it was harder this time because 
the last time we had problems, it was something on his side. Mm -hmm. And then because of the traumatic birth I had, I was sort of carved up a bit. It was both because it was all a bit dingy. (laughs) Dingy. um, (laughs) By the way, um, now we've mentioned my vagina, I'd just like to just point out that um, I do have an album out called Infinite Things. It seems like the perfect time. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, we've had a lot of people talking about uh, IVF and, and like the, 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 the wanking room, essentially. So did your husband have to, your partner have to go into the little wanking room? Well, yeah, he did. Apparently, when I woke up the first time we did it for the, our first child, apparently I was so delirious on like the anaesthetic when I woke up that I actually said to him, were they playing Marvin Gaye in the wank room? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any recollection of saying it. (laughs) I don't know why that was in my head. I was wondering if there was, like, mood music. (laughs) Well, yeah, also, as well, imagine there must be someone that had a wank in the morning forgetting it was the day, and then they get to your sport going, I don't... I just don't think I can. (laughs) I don't think I can. Just came out. <laughs> just put in some flour and water just to kind of bulk it up yeah. a bit. So it looks. Yeah. <laughs> we tested the sample and it seems to be hand soap. <laughs> is it a stressful experience other than that? Or is it like, what does it feel like to go through that process? As you might be able to tell, not much makes me very serious. <laughs> <laughs> I um I I'd say it could be stressful for some people and it's a little bit stressful thinking I oh, will it or won't it work but I'm sort of feel really lucky that I've got the career that I've got and that I'm always busy because when they talk about the thing so the, the most stressful bits really after they put the embryo in you you have to wait for 2 weeks and they call it the 2 week wait before you do um a test and during that time, a lot of people sort of take time off work or whatever, sit around pacing the floor, and I just get on with life. Yeah. So I feel like you know for yourself like what your boundaries are. And I actually knew that I'd had enough after three goes, and then this second lockdown happened, and I thought, what, what else am I going to do? Yeah. So thought, I'll have another go, and then it worked. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, uh, I I don't know stress. Yeah, but... yeah. Do they tell you? Do, is there anything in that two weeks? Are they like, don't do this? Or obviously, can't get hammered or anything. But is there like things you can and can't do? Not meant to lift your child, which I think's impossible. Yeah, that's tough. Like if your kid falls over, you're not going to go. Sorry, stay down. Two week break, mate. It's the two yeah. week wait. Might have another one coming, so you know I don't want to get too close to you. Get up yourself. <laughs> I do think that's true, though. When they fall down, I know, like, obviously, if your kid's hurt, but, like, some some parents are too eager. If their kid trips slightly, oh, they run over, I... yeah, oh, my God, are you OK? I'm like, there's fucking nothing wrong with them. And then they start crying because the parents all over it, so. Yeah, they see it, and then and then they see your face, and they go, ah. Yeah. Also, as well, when you're a kid, having a bloody knee is quite cool, isn't it? As a parent, you go, oh, my God, my baby's poor knee. But when you're a kid, you go, that's right, I've got a scab on my knee. Yeah. I'm a fucking bad I'm boy. A grace. I haven't mean, yeah. had a grey since I was about 12. But when I used to have them, I absolutely loved them. Mine's the opposite. Mine's like a tiny bit 
don't know. She's a bit funny about it. She doesn't. She's really hates imperfection. She's just like, can you see that? Can you see that? She'll be showing you like a tiny little dot, and then she's like, I think I need to plaster. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not giving you a plaster. My eldest is like that. It's all everything's like, and it, it, if there's a little cut, I go, well, you don't need the price. It's not bleeding. She'll squeeze her finger into a tiny yeah, bit of blood coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think if you started buying those really ugly, like fabric flesh color ones? And that was all that was available. They'd stop doing it. Oh, it's because there's yeah. pepper pig plasters or whatever. That's that's They're what's... like, oh, dinosaur plaster. She's got some of them in the cupboard. Quick, yeah. give me the knife. <laughs> I think if I if I if I was starting again and I like you know had had my kids, I reckon the first time they cut themselves, you just get like a whole toilet roll and just wrap it around their hand. So they've got this like giant lollipop. Yep, yeah, that's that's what we do. So is it bad enough for a plaster? Yeah. Really embarrassing. <laughs> All right, I'll just get a dog cone. Yeah. There we go, I'll pop that on your head now. You've got your plaster on. Cone of shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, homeschooling. How much of the time do your kids watch TV for at the moment? Oh, I mean... Most yeah. of the day. Yeah. yeah, pretty much all the day, and I'm sat there with them watching it normally. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, the telly is basically the, the childminder. So what, what are you watching with your, your kid? Is there, you got any fave shows? Um, I really, all the Pixar ones are so good, aren't yeah, they? And yeah. I wish they'd put one out a week yeah. for lockdown. <laughs> yeah. You can't, I mean, there's only so many times you can watch it. But um, in terms of shows, we now like, it was a massive period of time of Paw Patrol and it did my oh, head in. Yeah, that is a tough one. That's a tough yeah, breakdown. Done, done, Paw Patrol. Like, I'm really glad that I'm out of the, the other side of that. Yeah. Um, and now we're into... Gabby's Doll's House. Oh, what's that? Yeah, mine likes Gabby. Is that on Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, and it's like a, a actual person, little girl. Yeah, talking and then about... she drinks down into a cartoon. Yeah, oh, that's nice. like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, they love all that. I mean, poor Patrol, it's almost like, I feel like when I talk about awful, like, kids' TV shows that your kids like, it's, I imagine it's what I'll be talking to other parents, like, when my kid's 17, like, yeah. We're, we're going through the weed stage. We're smoking a lot of weed, <laughs> but hopefully, you know, they'll move on, they'll get off it, and that kind of stuff. It's just like, oh, we prefer that they just do it round at ours because it feels safe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, guys, you want to watch some Paw Patrol? <laughs> it's fine, I can get some Paw Patrol. <laughs> we prefer that she watches Paw Patrol at home rather than goes out to watch yeah. Paw Patrol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah exactly. You don't want to watch him Paw Patrol in the park, do you? You don't know who she with. It's only cut with other TV shows you don't want it to be cut with when she's buying it. <laughs> <laughs> with all the adverts as well in the middle on Nickelodeon. It's a nightmare. But yeah, you do start to go a bit mad with that, especially if they pick an awful TV show. But yeah, they'll watch it on telly, but we're not, we're just trying to, because now the eldest is doing some actual homeschooling. She has some lessons because she started school. The youngest is a bit jealous because she's not getting that interaction and stuff. So mm. we get to a point where also I don't, it's not like, I don't, you, your kid just looking at a computer all day when they're five. It's not oh, good. Yeah. The whole point of the first year of school is sort of interaction and stuff. But yeah. the school's been pretty good because it's been so rainy and then it was quite nice weather today. They went, well, it's quite nice today. So what we're going to suggest that we do all this phonics and stuff in the morning. But afternoon is going to be outdoor learning where you can go to the park or the garden or do stuff where you're outside and, you know, do they messing check around. Up on you, Rob? you have to upload what they've done, like to send it to the teacher so they can see what they've done with their handwriting and stuff. And then they send back some sort of notes and stuff. But they're quite relaxed about it. But it does give you a bit of 
structure to the day, which is quite good, rather than it just being a free-for-all. I try and do that with my four-year-old, but I think it's because I'm the daughter of a teacher. All right, yeah. So what, what have you been doing? We, I try and do a different topic every week, and I sort of watch her for the week and see what she needs me to do. So, like, things come up, and then I go, oh, we'll do that next week. But she... My mum was a teacher, so I send her to hers twice a week as well. And so she'll do the same topic. So I text her and say, we're doing this. And it's quite good. Like, so this week we did the sea, the ocean. And then we did um, a few phonics in the morning. Like, what word starts with that lives in the sea? And then she has to write it, and then we drew a few of them. Have you got that one, Rob? Yeah, all I've got so much is frog, but I, that's more, I know it's water, <laughs> but I wouldn't say I've seen a frog in the sea. What was it like growing up as a uh, daughter of a teacher? Did you go to her school? I did. Oh, what, oh, what was that like? Stuff. Well, I was never actually taught by her, but she was in the infants and I was in the juniors Yeah. when that happened. And... It was probably the reason why I was good as goal, because if I ever was not good, I'd get double trouble. Yeah. 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 So I'd get in trouble from the teacher, and then when I got home, they'd be like, I heard what you did in the staff room at lunchtime. Oh. And I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> so in the end, I'd stop being naughty, and I feel like that's why I'm a naughty adult. Oh, because yeah. it was so impressed in you as a child. I was just, like, trying to be good all the time. And yeah. so, yeah, now I'm like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so yeah, so I try and do little projects. And we made the coral reef in a jar. Oh, oh that's To be fair, you're doing exactly what my five-year-old's doing, where they, you know, do sounds and they do different drawings and stuff like that. So you're pretty much doing homeschooling already. So your kid's going to be flying. Oh, good. Nailing it. But next week, I've decided, and this is a big one for me, that I'm going to do a week about being kind. Oh, yeah. Nice. Because the other day, the cleaner was there and she said, like, something about the coral reef, like, you should add the turn. She went, don't tell me what to do. <gasps> oh. And I was like, um, I looked at her and I went, don't you ever let me hear you talk to her like that again and she's just melted down oh. crying like buckets i took her out the room and i was like you cannot speak to grown-ups like that yeah and then she's like but then she said to me once she'd sort of got herself together but i didn't know why that was rude can you tell me why that's rude oh, oh yeah wow. that's good yeah and then now i'm like okay we're gonna do a week on that <laughs> Yeah. Though, isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of subtleties going on there, isn't there, that are kind of difficult to communicate. Why is it rude? And she was sort of doing a funny face, so I don't think she meant it like truthfully. She was sort of like acting a little character. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was still embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, but I suppose if she's like, you know, the way you are when you're always messing around and being sarcastic, where the yeah. way you delivering that could be quite funny because it's done in a certain way. And also, I've got this paranoia. I don't know. I've got this major paranoia that people will think like, okay, Paloma Faye, pop star in the public eye, her kids are going to be brats. Yeah. It's so yeah. obvious. They're going to go, well, they're probably rude, entitled, whatever. So I'm sort of overly on her about yeah. it all the 
time because I want people to go, oh, do you know what? <laughs> We've done a really good job with them. <laughs> That's some sort of EastEnders <laughs> deleted yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, they said please and thank you. <laughs> Any normal human being should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cut to 20 years' time when they win a Brit Award and they go, thank you so much, please, thank you for my award. Thank you. Like, like, subservient, shaking up down the stairs. Thank you, sorry, so much, thank you. <laughs> what I was like. Yeah. When they're on your Radio 1 show, Rob, they'll be really polite yeah. when you invite oh. them in. We need 120. Yeah, I'm there. 40 stone, three divorces, welcome to Radio 1. <laughs> time for Newsbeat. <laughs> Uh, Rob, you always like to end with the same question. The final question, Paloma, is is there something that your partner does, parenting-wise, that really annoys you, but you can't say it to them without it turning into a big row, but it's a fair point. And if they listened to this, they would go, right, I think she's right, you know, and would maybe take it on. But if you did bring it up after bedtime, it could it could escalate. Well, I bring everything up. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you might say but, that. So there's a few that I have brought up, but have backfired. Oh, yeah. um, but luckily we do go to couples therapy which I'm a big fan of every week Yeah. and so we talk about these things in that but there's a few so let me have a think of the best one <laughs> <laughs> so I see TV not as meant to be something educational I see it as like a break yeah okay because when I watch telly like I might go in the bath and put the iPad on and watch something in the bath last leg or something no. And then, yeah. and then, <laughs> so if I do that with her, like let her watch Paw Patrol or whatever that we hate, he's just like, there is, this is no, not productive. And you're basically letting her fill her mind with terrible influences, especially if it's like something really pink and girly, because we're not really into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm like, but the moment that I suddenly start censoring, pink and girly things she's definitely gonna want yeah, it yeah, yeah. you let her watch it and it will last a month and then she'll lose interest yeah yeah i definitely think that's a good approach but like he's really not into it also he's french so he wants her to watch everything in french and and then he comes over and he's like it's in english and I'm like, i can't understand it if it's in french <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you really want to watch Paw Patrol? Yeah. Also, I don't understand it in English, to be fair. I can't explain the, the plot to her if it's in French. Uh, is, there, is there much plot explaining, <laughs> Paloma? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Paloma. Thank and, you. Um, it's been an absolute joy. Good luck with the uh, with the birth. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Bye. 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 Paloma Faith. I said it the same way last time when we weren't recording. I don't know why I said it that way, but I've done it again. Paloma Faith, everyone. Hi, you're listening to Radio 1 with Rob Beckett. It's Bobby B and Stiffy <laughs> McGee. What's coming up today, Stiffy? Oh, my God. Does that make me Comedy Dave? Actually, Comedy Dave, I've met him and he is a funny bloke, but you can't be called Comedy Dave because it puts too much pressure. Too much pressure it's on It's like, it. oh, hi, my name's Big Knob Rob. Even your name is a TV channel. I mean... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, imagine being Comedy Dave plus one <laughs> at a wedding. <laughs> Basically, you have to eat your soup an hour after him. Um, I love Plover Faith. So oh, great. she's brilliant. I've al- I've always loved her, and I was a bit worried in case she wasn't the Plover Faith I wanted. It's up like before I met Anna and Deck, 
And yeah. to confirm, Anna Deck and Paloma Fave, absolute legends. And she was so lovely and funny. Comedy Paloma, even, I'd call Comedy her. Paloma. I'd call her Comedy Paloma. I'd happily call her Comedy Paloma. Um, <laughs> Comedy Paloma sounds like a like a dodgy online educational certificate you can get. I've got Paloma <laughs> in comedy. I think Comedy Paloma is a sketch group you get flyed for <laughs> for walking down the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. I can picture them, right? Four <laughs> stiff necks, all really torn skinny, chino trousers, massive air and glasses, doing impressions of parrots and stuff. <laughs> the old Palomas are insane. Look at them. A million pound of private education spent on them to be stood in the Royal Mall with old Bobby B handing out flyers. <laughs> um... So, yeah, she was great. Really loved that, talking yeah. to her about the IVF. Yeah, because that's been quite a big thing on this show, really. And, like, you know, we've never had to go through that process, so it's hard for us to talk about it. But our listeners have, and it's great for Paloma to talk about it so openly. It was re- really good. Also, when I logged on, I was like, God, her sound's good. And then we looked at the picture, and, of course, she's using a fucking professional mic in a recording studio. Of course her sound's good. She's a musician <laughs> with a home studio. Yeah, definitely go and get the album. Uh, Infinite things. Infinite things. Infinite things. Um, uh, but yeah, I love that. It's really good. Really great. Thank you to Paloma. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Oh, why don't we end, Rob, by you yeah. uh, segueing us into a uh, current Radio 1 hit that you'll be familiar with. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hi, it's Rob Beckett here. You're listening to Radio 1. We've just had Paloma Faith. We've got Stiffy McGee in the studio. And now the new song from Jason Derulo, which is called Gun Stiffy. It's your favourite. It's your tune of the week. What's it called? <sighs> the new Derulo song. Um, it's, I think it's called the... Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just called Jason's Jig. <laughs> I once, I once got, to, I got taught to do the. Um, in fact, I was with Paloma Faith. I think oh. I got taught to do the um, the dab with Jason Derulo on, oh, on this. If, if if we did have a Radio One show, this would be Showbiz Anecdote Alert, and there'd be like a big siren that go wah, off, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, wah, wah, and then like confetti, and then like boo, 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 <laughs> and then it all get clipped up for online content. It'd be on TikTok. Yeah, they stick it on Vine, and, even and on you'd Vine. Spit in now. my face as a punishment, and everyone would laugh. Yeah. And then you bend over, we get the we get the showbiz anecdote paddle out, slap your ass really hard, and then bang on like the killer's human. I was with you until you went with the Radio 2 song. Yeah, I know, I panicked. I, last time I listened to Radio 1, they were playing the killers, I think. Oh. So who took you to dab? Uh, Jason Derulo. Oh, and Paloma. Wow, what a way to win. Now that is a Radio 1 anecdote. Exactly, it? exactly. Next time they kidnap Greg James, we'll go on and do that anecdote. All right, and play a few that sounds good. Too. And I'm sure they will kidnap him soon. I presume there's COVID restrictions on kidnapping, annoyingly, for Greg. Yeah. It's tough to do radio these days. You can't get kidnapped without some sort of bureaucracy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is Jason Derulo. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 